Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Pastor John Mark Caton returns to continue our series through James, doing the right work the right way. Today we will learn how God wants us to learn and mature from the trials we go through so that we can be better disciples for one another. Now, let's hear from Pastor John Mark. Hey guys, great to be with you again today. Man, it's a blessing uh, anytime I get an opportunity uh, just to hang out with over 100 guys on a Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock, uh, just over a few donuts, kolaches, and God's Word. Uh, so fantastic to see. A couple of weeks ago, we started a series entitled Doing the Right Work the Right Way. And uh, man, we looked at that week one. If you missed it, you can hear it on the podcast. Uh Week one was this. Man, God's got stuff for us to do. Uh, we looked at James, a brother of Jesus, who started off unbelieving, but eventually became uh, a believing follower uh, of his own brother, Jesus Christ, out after the resurrection. And so uh, our hope is, is that maybe there's some folks here listening uh, to the podcast later that you'll move just like James, a brother of Jesus did, uh, from being unbelieving to believing, from not being a follower to being a follower. Why? because God's got stuff for you to do. Man, you're part of God's family. James calls you a brother, and if you're James's brother, that also means you're in Jesus's family as well. And then last week, we looked at uh, part two, saying, I've got some growing up to do. Uh, man, we all have some growing up to do. I have some growing up to do. That's what we talked about last week. Remember, James said, consider it pure joy, brothers, uh, when you face many trials or trials of many kind, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And when perseverance has finished its work, uh, we would become mature and complete, not lacking anything. What does that mean? Trials grow us up. And we looked last week at this idea that when trials come up, God comes down and we grow up. That's the thought. Anytime trials come up, God's going to show up and we're going to grow up. And that's the purpose of our problems that God allows us to go through day by day. And so this week we're looking part three at this. I've got some stuff I still need to learn. I've got some stuff I still need to learn. Man, I don't know what that is in your life. Uh, and oftentimes I don't necessarily know what it is in my life, but there's some stuff I need to learn. And I'm only going to learn those things when I go through hard times. If you look in the Old Testament, um, one of the kings said this, they were preparing for battle and he had gotten word uh, that the opponent uh, was, uh, was talking about the fact that, uh, uh, that they were going to win. And so here's what the king of Israel said. It says in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 11, the king of Israel said, uh, answered and said, Tell him one who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. Uh, you say, what's he saying there, pastor? He's really sending word back to uh, his opponent. He says, listen, you're talking as if this battle is over, and this battle is not over, so don't be bragging about it yet. And so as you think about your journey today, we don't want to brag about battles we haven't won. However, we also don't want to look at other people uh, who have gotten beaten up in the battle and pretend as though we could have done better. And that's what that king is saying. He was saying, listen, don't brag when you're putting the armor on like one who's taking it off. And uh, just as we approach uh, the next couple of weeks, NFL's about to start. Uh, I can't wait for it to be football season because that means I'm hoping it's going to be a little cooler. But here's the reality. Right now in training camp and every press conference, uh, there are 32 teams that are talking like they've got a shot at the Super Bowl. 
they've got a shot at winning it all. But here's what we know. After week one, 16 of those 32 teams will be 0-1. Now, you can be 0-1 and still go to the Super Bowl. Some teams have been 0-2 and still had really good seasons. But the reality of it is, man, if you continue to lose, you're not going to be successful in life. And so here's what we understand. They're going to go into that first game. They're going to win it or lose it. The very next day, they're going to be in the film room. They're going to be studying stuff. What are they going to be studying? Man, what they did right, what they did wrong, where they can do better. Uh, Man, what they need to improve upon. Why? Because they realize they have stuff that they need to learn. And so we need to realize the same thing. Man, when God allows trials and difficulties and hardships to come our way, He does it so we will learn stuff, so we can be better for the next battle that is ahead. Here's what we also know. Uh, After week one, 16 teams will be 0-1. There are going to be some really good teams that are 0-1, and we'll see that in the weeks to follow. There are going to be some really bad teams that are probably going to be 1-0. and And so that's why it's so, um, so much of a challenge for us as we look around at other people. There are times that there are some godly people and some good Christian and some good Christian men that will go through a battle and they'll lose. They'll be 0-1. Man, don't prejudge them because God still has a plan for their life. So let's look at James chapter 1, verse 5. If we're thinking today on the idea that God's got some stuff for me to learn. Let's just, let's just remind ourselves, here's the process. As we look at James chapter 1, the first few verses, James said there is a growing process or a maturing process that we go through, and he said it starts with testing times. He says when we are tested, our testing produces durability. The word James used was perseverance. He says, man, when we go through these tests, God allows us sometimes to take tests over and over and over again. And he says, when we go through these testing times of your faith, it develops durability. James's word was perseverance. That means we can hang in there. And then once the testing has produced a durability, then our durability produces maturity. That's growing up. We've got some growing up to do. Where do you see that? Back in verse 4, James said, Perseverance must finish its work, that's the durability, so that you may be mature and complete. That's maturity. So testing produces durability. Durability produces maturity. And this is what we're going to look at today. We've got some stuff to learn. Our maturity will produce wisdom. You say, Pastor, how how does that happen? Well, let's ask James. James, how do we develop wisdom? Here's what he says in verse 5. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all of us without finding fault. Man, just think about that. Man, if you're in a space or a place that you are going through testing seasons and you've been durable uh, and you've grown up a little bit, but you're like, God, what do I do? Do I turn to my left or right? Do I make this decision or that decision? Man, James says, here's what you do. Here's how you learn what God's will is. You ask him. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And let me just encourage you with this, guys. Um, Man, when we ask God, this is in a sense of prayer. 
a lot of times men in particular think, well, prayer is that moment that, you know, or that season or, or, or that hour that I'm uh, on my knees beside my bed, just still and praying and crying out to God. Man, the Apostle Paul was honest. He says, we need to pray without ceasing. That means you pray all day long. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? Do you want me to turn to left or right? Man, we need to be praying over and over and over again. God, give me some wisdom. Give me the right thing to say. Give me the right thing to do in every place and every space. And here's the good news. God's not stingy with his wisdom. Did you see what James said? He says, God gives his wisdom generously. That's thought number one. To all of us, that's number two. Without finding fault, that's number three. What does that word generously mean? It means lavishly. That if you truly want God's wisdom, he will give it to you. On a certain situation, God will give you wisdom. But let's be honest. A lot of times as God, as guys, what do we want? We want God to fix the problem. We don't want him to wise us up. God says, I'll give you wisdom if you ask me. But then the only way it's real wisdom is if you take the knowledge I give you and you apply it to a situation, a relationship, your finances, or something else. And so as you're journeying through your life today, if you need wisdom, ask God. He will give it to you. But then the second thing, I love what James says there, who gives wisdom generously to all of us. That means the youngest guy in the room, the oldest guy in the room. The youngest guy listening to the podcast, the oldest guy listening to the podcast. It doesn't matter who you are. God is willing to give wisdom to all of us. And listen to this last phrase, the third idea, without finding fault. You know what it means? It doesn't matter what your past look like. If you've grown up in church and you've done anything and everything uh, God has asked you to do and you've been faithful all of your life, I want you to know God will give you wisdom. Beyond that, it also means this. If you've never been in church before in your life or just your first time in a men's Bible study in your life and you've, you've got a past that would shock all of us, here's the beauty of it. God doesn't find fault. He wants you to simply call out to Him, cry out to Him and say, God, I want your wisdom. I want to gain some maturity. I want to be the man that you want me to be. And so here's the next song. Then once we have wisdom that we've asked God for, it's that wisdom that brings stability. That's what James says. Look at verse 6. He says, but when he asks, talking about the man, we must ask while we believe and not doubting. Because why? He who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And he says that man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. What is James saying there? That when we gain true wisdom, we gain wisdom with stability. That we make up our mind. Man, I am going to fully follow God. Uh, James uses the word believe. You know what that word believe means? It's the idea of faith in action. That God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to put energy and effort and action into doing anything you ask me to do, God. And I'm not going to doubt you. I'm going to believe you. 
If the waves get high, I'm still going to trust you, God. If uh, the wind blows hard, I'm still going to trust you, God. If uh, the mountaintop seems too high for me to scale, I'm going to trust you, God, and do what you've called me to do. That's a wisdom that is stable. And James says, man, that's the kind of wisdom that we want as men. I love what Paul said. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, here's kind of a biblical example. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, uh, that's that word believe, that's the noun version of that word believe, he says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So once I trust in Christ, I have peace with God. Regardless of my past, it doesn't matter my faults. James has already told us that. It doesn't matter what my struggles are, what my addictions are, what my sins are. Man, I have peace with God. And let me tell you what, men, that ought to fire us all up. That when we understand whether I'm at peace with the world or peace with my boss or, or peace with anybody else, I've got peace with God regardless of who I am or what I've done. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for all of us on the cross. It says we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Then Romans 5 verse 2 through whom we now have gained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. Man, that is firm foundation. that We stand in God's grace. That is a stability of our faith in God. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Then look at verse 3. Not only so, we also rejoice in suffering. So here's Paul kind of telling us what James has already told us. God allows suffering trials to come our way, but they come with a purpose. God, uh, God will never waste your problem. He always has a purpose in your problem. What's that purpose? Notice what Paul said in Romans 5 verse 3. He says, not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because of what it produces. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Our perseverance produces character. And our character produces hope. And the hope that we have in God, Paul says, does not disappoint. You know what he's really saying? I love this idea. And this isn't new to me. I, I read this sometime or uh, one time back. It says, God will always turn your crucifixion into a resurrection. In other words, if you're going through some stuff right now, if you just feel like the world is crucifying you, maybe the job is crucifying you, there are some relationships that are crucifying you. Man, I, I love what Paul says and James says, and it's that idea that God is the one. When you have faith in Him, when you trust Him, when you are mature in Him, and when you seek His wisdom, God is the one who will turn your crucifixion into a resurrection. And so what an incredible thought that is. So what is the result? As we um, continue to journey through uh, the thoughts of James in James chapter 1, what is the result of that path? My trials bring durability. My durability brings maturity. And my maturity brings wisdom. And wisdom brings stability. What's the outcome of that? Well, drop down to James chapter 1 verse 12. He says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Why? Here's the result. Because when a man has stood the test, that man will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Man, that's an amazing result. 
My trials lead to durability. My durability leads to maturity. My maturity leads to wisdom. My wisdom leads to stability. And what does my stability lead to? The blessings of God. When I persevere under trial, having stood the test, I will receive the crown of life. Man, what could we possibly want more than that? So now as we swing back around and, and kind of conclude our thought today, let me give you four questions uh, that'll help you uh, bring some wisdom or bring some light uh, to the trials that you're going through today. I don't know what your trials are. You don't have to share them. We're going to allow you to spend some time at the table. But let me give you four questions that you want to ask about every difficulty, every trial, every hardship you go through. Here's question number one. Did I cause it? Ask yourself that question. When you're going through a difficulty, did I bring it on myself? Did I cause this problem? This is kind of the, the self-question. Man, is this problem showing up in my life because I caused it? Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7? He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Guys, we got to be real honest. Uh, a lot of times, the hardships that we go through, they're our fault. We, we caused them. Um, man, am I in debt beyond belief because I way, way overspent? I bought too big, too nice a car, too big a house. I've, I've done this or I've done that. I've just outlived my income. The reality of it is, um, is your debt problem or your financial problem your fault? Uh, man, is there a health problem that is your fault? Did I cause it? Uh, you ever said something about someone else and all of a sudden they show up uh, and, and they repeat your words back to you? And Well, we can be mad all we want at that person who told them this or told them that. But the reality of it is, we said it. We kind of we caused the problem. And so here's the first thought. If we're really going to grow in wisdom and maturity as we grow up and learn some things about ourselves, I have to ask myself the question, did I cause this problem? Are there several problems that I cause for myself over and over again? Are there, are there things that happen in my life that happen over and over again because of decisions I make or actions I take? Don't ever forget that thought. Paul said in Galatians 6, 7, a man reaps what he sows. Man, guys, if you're going through the same problem over and over again and it's because of mistakes that you're making, I want to encourage you. Man, just identify that and stop it. Say, I don't want to do it anymore. Now, here is the reality. There also could be a different answer to that question. No, I didn't cause it. Man, I just live in a world filled with sin and hurt and heartache. And, you know, Peter addresses that. He says, if you suffer, don't suffer as a murderer or a thief or a criminal of any kind or even as a meddler. What is he saying? He, he says, if you suffer, man, don't suffer uh, as one who is a murderer or a thief or a criminal. The reality of it is when they get caught, they suffer because of what? Because of what they did. Uh, however, he says, as a Christian... 
There are times that we roll through life and just because uh, we, we are good and godly and we go to church every day, we still may find ourselves in problems. So, so the answer to question number one, did, it cause, did I cause it? It might be yes, I caused it, or it might be no. Here's question number two, if I'm going to grow up, if i got some things to learn. When you're facing trials of any kind, question number two, am I thankful in this trial for what I do have? This is an attitude question. The first one was a self-question. Here's an attitude question. Listen, when you go through hurts, when you go through difficulties, when you go through hardships, are you still thankful for the good things that are in your life? I love what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Here's the truth. Whatever trial you're facing, whatever hardship you're going through, whatever difficulty you're going through, there probably is a truth and a reality that there are a whole lot of other things in your life that are good things. Are you still thankful for those things? Are you still grateful for those things? Man, a lot of times when we go through hardships and we go through trials, we just stop being grateful. We stop being thankful for all the good things in our lives. Instead, we, we focus in um, like, like a microscope. We look at that trial. We look at that problem. And we can't enjoy anything else in our lives, any of the, the other good things in our lives because of that one trial we're going through. So ask yourself, Question number two in the midst of a trial. It's the attitude question. Am I thankful for all the other good things in my life? Do, do, does my spouse know how much I love her? I may be going through a difficulty. Do my kids know how much I love them? Uh, man, do people around me realize that I can compartmentalize this trial and say, man, I hate this. This is hard. This is difficult. This is, this is terrible, but there is a reality. 99% of the rest of the things in my life are fantastic. 95%, 90%, 50% of everything else in my life is fantastic. Therefore, I'm going to be thankful for those good things that God has brought in my life. So question number one that will help you face your trials and grow in maturity and wisdom is, did I cause it? The answer might be yes. The answer might be no. Question number two, in the midst of a trial, as you grow and learn and become more mature, am I thankful for what I do have? In other words, do you live in such a way that you can compartmentalize your problem, your trial, in such a way that I can let my trial be my trial or my problem be my problem and at the same time still be grateful and thankful for all the good things in my life? Can I be grateful for my marriage or can I be grateful for my kids? Can I be grateful for God and thankful for God and thankful for my church and all of those good things? And here's question number three uh, to help you learn something and grow in maturity when you're facing a trial. Do I still have a cheerful heart? So being thankful means I'm thankful for things. I'm grateful for things in my life. This is an internal heart problem. Man, the, the reality of it is, if you're going through something hard right now, this is a question of humor. The first one was a, was a self-question. The second one was an attitude problem question. The third one is a, is a, is a humor uh, question. Man, do I still have a cheerful heart? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, lived said this, A cheerful heart 
is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let me just, let me just read that to you again. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You, you know what Solomon is saying? He said, man, humor is an excellent shock absorber. Humor is a great shock absorber. Man, if I'm going down a bumpy road in life or I hit a dip in the road, man, humor is a fantastic shock absorber, regardless of what you're going through. Paul put it this way. He said, rejoice always. Man, if you're on the mountaintop, rejoice. If you're in the valley, rejoice. If you're on your way up, rejoice. If you're on your way down, rejoice. If the wind's at your back, rejoice. If the wind's in your face, rejoice. Regardless of what's going on in your life, have a cheerful heart. And here's the key. That's a choice. Being thankful is a choice. Having a cheerful heart is a choice. Man, researchers have shown uh, over and over again that if you will simply put a smile on your face, it will enliven uh, your heart. If we will smile, it will send off endorphins and all of that good thing, those good things that just will create a cheerful heart in our lives regardless of what we're going through. But if we frown all the time and we're bitter and we grumble and we groan, then the latter half of that proverb comes into play. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. So question number three as you go through trials, guys, as we mature up and we got stuff to learn is this. Do I still have a cheerful heart? And am I choosing to have a cheerful heart? And if I do, Solomon says, boys, that's good medicine. And here's question number four when you're going through trials. Am I willing to suck it up and keep going for God? Am I willing to suck it up and keep going for God? Man, we're, we're a bunch of dudes in this room. We understand. Man, we don't want to be quitters. Uh, we don't want to fade away. We want to be strong at the end. And let's be honest, there are times that we get exhausted, that we get beat up, we struggle a little bit. And so ask yourself this fourth question and let this be a motivating question. Am I willing to suck it up and keep going for God? You say, well, why should I, Pastor? Well, let me tell you why. Because God's going to keep going for you. Jesus went all the way to the cross for you. He went all the way to the tomb for you. He is there waiting for you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of grace waiting for you guys. He's not going to quit on you. He's not going to give up on you. If you quit on him or want to quit on him, if you get discouraged, if you go the wrong way, if you make a bad decision, if you stop being cheerful, if you stop being thankful, if you make some decisions and cause problems for yourself. You know what Jesus doesn't do? He doesn't quit. Holy Spirit doesn't quit on you. He has sealed you until the day of redemption. That ought to fire us up. That ought to make us a little happy to keep going for God. So here's question number four. Am I willing to suck it up regardless of what I'm going through and keep going for God? You say, why? Because God went all the way for you. Jesus is going all the way for you. And the Holy Spirit is going to hang on to you regardless. That's where we go back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, where Peter said, So then, those who suffer according to God's will. There are times God lets us go through stuff. He lets us go through stuff. We should then, he says, Peter says, commit ourselves to their faithful creator, 
But it doesn't stop there. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19 says this, and continue to do good. So what does it mean to suck it up and keep going for God? It means if we go through suffering time, if we go through trials, if we go through hardships, we need to persevere. We need to be durable. We need to be mature. We need to, be seek, we need to seek wisdom. And then we trust ourselves to a faithful creator. What does it mean he's a faithful creator? It means God's not giving up on us, and I'm not going to give up on God. Therefore, look at those last four words. Continue to do good. So guys, as we close today, those are four questions. As you face your trials, man, be honest. Write your trials down. Write down those four questions and write out your answer. Is this my fault? Maybe yes, maybe no. Am I still grateful and thankful for what I do have? Maybe yes, maybe no. Do I still have a cheerful heart? That's a choice. Is my heart cheerful? Maybe yes, maybe no. But finally, and perhaps number four is the most important one, am I willing to suck it up and keep going for God? So as you leave here today and, man, you journey off into the office or whatever it is, continue to do good. Don't give up on God because He's not giving up on you. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. We hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.